Hello, I'm Lisa Leong, and for this episode of The Bonus, with me is my non-fiction book soulmate, entrepreneur and non-executive director, Catherine Robson. Hello, Catherine. Hi, Lisa. You've got a book for me that I haven't read yet. What is it? Super Pumped, The Battle for Uber by Mike Isaac, which I read last year, not long afterwards, published. And what intrigued you about this book? Why did you pick it up? There had been lots of commentary about Travis Kalanick, the um, founder and CEO of Uber, throughout sort of 2017 when he ultimately stepped down, but post then about what went wrong and what some of the cultural challenges at Uber were. And so this was just a front row seat at an amazing sort of six, seven-year ride building a company with all of these catastrophic cultural flaws. And I take it this is unauthorised? <laughs> Travis Kalanick doesn't participate directly, but there's lots of emails that have been provided to the author that are in Travis's own words. So, you know, I, I do think there's been quite a lot of effort to make sure this is reasonably accurate. So is this a bit of a cautionary tale, Catherine? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've been through this period where these enormous technology companies have emerged, driven by access to cheap capital. And I think this is an opportunity to pause and ask, are these companies, A, making our lives better, but B, are they making our society a place where we want to live? Are they spreading the sort of values that really make our society somewhere that's good for us and good for future generations. And this author who's doing the examination, Mike Isaac, what's his background? So he's a journalist and so he had been covering Uber for many years and part of the reason that he's had access to this primary material is that, you know, whistleblowers effectively were contacting him and providing him with material that fed his articles and then obviously has... Um, formed the basis of this book. And uh, for people who don't know about the somewhat rocky ride of Uber and its ex-CEO, Travis, can you sort of summarise it just to give us a a flavour? Yeah, so Travis Kalanick had been a reasonably successful entrepreneur before he started Uber. So he had built a technology company and sold it for about $19 million. He didn't come up with the idea for Uber someone in his social circle had and his idea was that he would just invest in it but then he recognized that it needed someone to really drive it and so he took over around sort of 2010 and he just imbued it with this win at all costs bro culture of masculinity and misogyny and that the rules don't apply to you if you're rich enough or successful enough and uh What's an example of that? Well, so almost, you know, right from the start, Uber recognised that there were some entrenched industry interests. So, you know, taxis and limousine companies were often closely connected with governments and it was very hard for Uber to change regulations. And so, you know, they, they blatantly broke laws to enter particular markets, but they would do things and my understanding is this happened in Australia too, a device called the grey ball, which was basically a piece of technology built within the app that if someone was identified as um, being a government employee, they would create this completely different interface so that they could 
avoid having their drivers being stopped for inspection, being caught for breaking laws. And just the sort of subterfuge of that and the feeling that it's okay to just choose what you feel are the norms that are right, regardless of what the society deems to be appropriate, is amazing. Now, this is an interesting point because you're a non-executive director of uh, many boards. What was your feeling about, you know, just sort of reading about this and how that was allowed to be infused into the culture of the company? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I found most interesting was we often talk about how important culture is and there's that phrase, you know, culture each strategy for breakfast And we often look at examples where companies are doing well and we say, oh, culture is an important part of that. But it's really hard to unpick exactly where, you know, culture makes a difference. What this book is fascinating in doing is actually articulating that the the 14 cultural values that Travis Kalanick set out at the inception of the company and how things like always be hustling, you know, principled confrontation and being super pumped, which is where the, the title comes from. Firstly, they seem... Uh, they sound know, fine, they, they? They sound fine. I mean, they sound a bit teenagerish, to be honest. Um, but, but I think you can map back behaviours to, in Travis's mind and, and the people he surrounded himself with, is that the ends always justify the means. And so, you know, so long as we feel like there's a good principle... It doesn't matter who we are in conflict with. And so with that subterfuge with um, transport regulators, Mm. they felt like the principle was, oh, we're protecting our drivers and we're giving consumers a a better service. So it doesn't matter if we're in conflict and confrontation with authorities, which fails to see the bigger picture, which is, well, if everyone chooses their own principle that they think is important, we would be in constant conflict and we would have no coordinated approach to how we run society. So I think these cultural values were used as the sort of excuse for behaviour that ultimately was not only illegal but highly immoral, very damaging to society, I think, to have a company that's out there growing fast and being lionised and held up as a positive example when they they hold at their heart some really negative cultural values. And so what then happened to cause Travis to leave that company? Well, there was a successive series of leaked stories that came out about bullying and harassment and lawsuits that started to emerge. And ultimately it was the venture capital investors who demanded that Travis Kalanick step down from the company. And, you know, I think what is amazing to me is how callous during that period of unfolding sort of disaster, you know, there was drivers across the world committing suicide because they had become so indebted to buy vehicles to drive for Uber and then Uber cutting rates so much they couldn't make their loan repayments, let alone survive. There was a female who was an Uber employee who felt like she was at risk of being raped and rather than her manager saying, we'll try and get an Uber to you so that you'll be safe, said, oh, we've got a good health plan. We can look after you if anything bad happens after the event. These sort of parties where there was just drugs and 
alcohol and sort of orgies going on all over the place. Once those started to become public, I think that investors decided that enough was enough. And so what did it make you reflect on there for your own sort of work? I think firstly, when you think about culture, choose not only the words but the way you live the words really, really carefully. And as you say, when when you listen to some of those values, some of them, you know, don't sound terribly obnoxious, but if you give people a license to take that to a place to its furthest extension, it can really warp what your original vision is. So I think thinking about not only what values you want your company to have, but then testing how those values are being applied on a day-to-day basis is really essential. And who would you recommend the book to? Oh, anyone who's interested in a good read. It reads like an airport thriller and there are some quite sordid details. And so, you know, it is in lots of ways a work of entertainment, but I do think there are some strong messages for anyone who's in a position of influence in either a fledgling company, so startup companies, so startup founders, I think this is really relevant for in terms of setting the cultural DNA early. And then also people who have influence in larger companies who are able to test and measure what their culture really is. Thanks, Catherine. Well, that's gone to the top of my list. (laughs) Excellent. So that book, if you want to give it a read, is Super Pumped by award-winning New York Times technology reporter Mike Isaac. If you enjoyed the bonus today, do us a favour and please send it to a friend. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, tell us what you think of our show. Please rate and review. We read all of your feedback. I'm Lisa Leong, and until next time, keep working. 